tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, guys. Welcome back to AfterBuzz TV, where we are covering Public Morals, our favorite show on TNT. We are on season one, episode nine and ten. Starts with a snowflake and thought and a soul. I'm your host, Roxy Stryer. You can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. You can find us at AfterBuzz TV, AfterBuzzTV.com, YouTube.com, slash AfterBuzz TV, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or you can find us sitting talking about this show, starting with Phil Spitek on the panel to my left. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We got a lot to talk about. And yesterday we had a great treat with uh, Ed Burns, and today we have another great treat. Oh my god, that interview was really awesome. Anna, I, I gotta tell you, girl, you got a great one tonight, but you missed out yesterday a little bit. Anna Koppel here, guys. Hey, guys. I'm excited to hear your thoughts, because we got to debrief on the episode a little bit, but uh, I, I actually I heard it. Oh, good. Yeah. All right, how'd we do? Uh, okay? I mean, you know. But you did. You you hustled over here so you could talk to our very special guest tonight. You guys know him as Jimmy Shea on the show. It's Brian Wiles. Thank you so much, Brian, for joining us tonight. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Well, you say that, but the the audience doesn't even know what a big deal it is. It's like four in the morning for you right now. It's not that late, but it, it's really late. So we appreciate it a lot over here. Anytime, anytime. Excited to break down episode 9 and 10. I would say the last episodes of the season, but what we learned yesterday is I don't even think that's the case. We had an episode 11. It's not only just written, but it has been shot, which is it's blowing my mind right now. It completely baffles me, um, and I'm going to try to torture some information out of you on that. All right. <laughs> I, I wonder if we're going to get anything. I mean, what did you think, Anna, when you heard that there was an episode 11? I felt like it made a lot of sense because... Where now? Listen, don't get me wrong. The finale was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. But the exact moment that it ended, I was like, "Wait, what? What? Wait! There's so many loose ends. What's going on?" So when I heard actually there's another episode, I'm like, oh, "Okay, okay, that makes I'm fills in you. some blanks for me." I completely agree, um, Brian. As somebody who knows what happens, I'm assuming in episode 11, how did you feel about not getting to see that as part of season one? I mean, I was bummed. Uh, I'll tell you, the the ending that was originally in the script for what is now episode 11 is awesome. Uh, So that will now be, I guess, the end of season two, episode one. But I wanted to see it. It, It's cool on the page. I wanted to see it on the screen. How are you going to make it an entire year, eight months, however long it's going to be, without telling any of your friends or any of your fans what happens in that episode? A lot of self-discipline. I'm incredibly impressed. Uh, Phil, I know you were a little stressed out about the episode 11, too. Uh, how are you feeling today? Have you had time to debrief? I think a little bit, but, I mean, you know, now, to me at least, that's a good sign that we're getting season two. There's no official word, but all signs point to a season two. Okay, Brian's crossing his fingers right now for you <laughs> iTunes listeners. So, Brian, that's something that I'm assuming you would be very excited for, a season two? Oh, my God, yes. I don't know if you'd be as excited as us, honestly. 
It's something that we're we're praying for hard. Um, but I don't actually think we need to because this show is freaking awesome, and I don't I don't think it needs our blessing. I think it just is an awesome show, so it will get picked up. Just just a quick follow up question because um, Ed told us that he wrote five episodes of what would be season two. Have you had a chance to look at any of these? No, he's he's kept those pretty close to the vest, so I haven't seen any of that. I don't even know what the storylines are. I just know very, very general information. But do you know that he also writes storylines based off what we say? So if everything goes well tonight, you'll be in all the episodes for at least 40 minutes. Oh my, this is my favorite interview I've done yet. Wow. <laughs> in all fairness, Phil, that was a little bit of a stretch. He doesn't write his episodes 100% based off of what we say, but he did, he did say it was really cool. He said that he, he uses some of our predictions and he, and he works them in. So, you know, maybe you can make some outlandish predictions here and he might add them to your storyline. You guys are like an assistant writing team. That's fantastic. That's, yeah, yeah we're, we need the, the credits on the show now. Assistant writing team, After Buzz TV. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, can, okay. you, can you tell us this much about episode 11? Will we come to like your character more or less? <laughs> uh, to be honest, episode 11, if I'm remembering this correctly, I am not in. So it's whatever okay. you feel now is the way you're going to feel at the end of 11. And I got to tell you, the moment that you missed right before we shot is this is the first thing Phil says to Brian when Brian gets on Skype. He says, listen, dude, I got to tell you the truth. I don't like your character, man. I don't I don't trust him and I don't like him. Great acting job, but I don't know if I like him. Um, I'm sorry. Actually, if we're going to go there, what he said was, I don't like his face. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like you just want to you want to punch him because you don't trust him? No, it's a, Brian, here's the thing, right? Every week we go through like a moment where I have to explain the different how like men react to certain things and how women react to certain things. And when th- there's a moment, and I hope you can relate to this, when you just don't like somebody and that you just want to punch them in the face. Because you don't this trust them. This is how him. I feel about Jimmy. I got to say, Phil, this sounds a little more intense than what you said before the interview started. <laughs> the good news is, the good news is that Anna, there's a, cha- there's a chance to change. No, no, that's not the good news. The good news is that Anna, Christina, and myself really like your face. So if that, yeah. that makes you feel better, yeah. the the ones who count, you know. Three out of four ain't bad. I'm okay. <laughs> I don't trust you, though. I don't trust you, and uh, we've got a whole office of people who, and I don't mean the office here at AfterBuzz TV. I mean the office back in the 1960s in New York in the Public Morals Division uh, that isn't trusting you either. But you have a couple key people pulling for you. Uh, one of them is Terry. And we find out tonight that Terry goes and he puts in a really good word for you. Uh, was this something that you, like, how, how did you guys uh, figure out who you were going to trust? How long did you know you and Terry were going to be uh, okay with each other? Or did you think that you were not going to be okay with any of the guys the whole season? So, I think that Shay thinks um, in episode 8, uh, after the fight with Latucci, that he's in the group, and he's like one of the guys. But then, in episode 9, he kind of has to, he again gets kind of, uh, you know, he's got to prove himself, he's got to have this kind of crappy job, and Terry's making fun of him, so then everything's up in the air again. So I think up until the very last moment when uh, Lieutenant Nepper says, like, welcome to the team, Shay still doesn't know if he's in or out. The, the problem is, I'm with you, when, when you get a black eye for the team, I think you're in. I think right. that's the moment that you kind of prove yourself. It's a, a thing that I don't really understand as a woman. We talked about that men just, like, do that and kind of fight to the death, and that means they trust each other. But to me, you were part of the gang, and Terry had your back. So, you know, I, I figured Charlie maybe would come around and people would, but still you got some haters out there. Well, I still- Yeah, yeah. 
I still think he's a mole, so I think they're sensing that. Well, we find out in tonight's episode, uh, we find out in episode 9 and 10 that he kind of is a mole, but his dad planted him there, but the uh, captain says that they're going to give the dad what he wanted to hear. I can't tell if your team, your father, or if your team captain, do you even know the answer to that? No, I think he's an opportunist. He's always looking to make alliances with people who will serve him. And that doesn't mean that he won't stay loyal, but it'll only stay loyal to the point that people will actually watch out for his back as well. We we have some more drama going on at the office, though. We know that somebody is, is getting canned, uh, but we don't know who. And I wonder, because you're coming on, does that mean that we kind of have to make way for you, push somebody out? Is it going to be one of your enemies and as opposed to one of your friends? Somebody's got to go to make room for me, yeah. And... Who's it going to be? It's anybody's guess. Well, all right, team. Who, what are the guesses? Latouche. You think so? All the way. Well, we know it's one of the three. That we said yesterday? Yeah. Be- because Ed's, yeah, Ed he- confirmed it. Uh, here's, you know. Wait, I, Ed, sorry, who did Ed confirm? So I, I didn't. I said that it was going to be Latucci. Um, Phil said maybe Charlie. I didn't, I didn't say that I wanted it to be Charlie, but Charlie now. Um, it's one of those things with him where. He's you just gotta, don't like his face? <laughs> it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of when you think, oh, did I do something wrong? And then you, then you start to mess up as opposed to if you didn't think that, you, you, you would have been fine. And then who did Christina think that it was going to be? Uh, what, what's his name? Uh, the bad suit guy. Bad suit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why am I blanking on his name? Sean? Who's wearing bad suit? No, not no, no, Sean. No. The one who has the big mouth. A uh, Petey Mac? Yes. Yeah, that's it. Oh. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, because they make fun of him for his suits. Yeah, bad we, suit guy. Uh, we can't make a Peeny Mac because we don't know enough about Peeny Mac yet. Peeny Mac's the one we haven't spent any time with. Well, that's he's not doing anything at the precinct, so he's got to go. Another reason why I feel like it's Latucci is because he was on Law & Order SVU last night, and so I feel like he might be just sort of like branching out, getting more jobs. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. i got to tell you this. Wass is pretty gung-ho about the show. He, uh... I went to his birthday party at a nightclub that he is a co-owner of about two weeks ago, and he was spreading the word about public morals like a, a dedicated fan. Well, it's nice when you're proud of the work that you do. You don't always get to be that choosy when you are an actor. So when, when you're doing a show that is as great as this, I would imagine that it's something that you want to brag about. It's very true. It's easy to brag about this one, yeah. When, were you bragging at the nightclub as well? Oh, my God, yeah. But, you know, he actually... He had a band, his own band there. It was a very, he had a theatrical entrance. It was awesome, but it was his show, so he was doing more than any of us. I got Life it. So. Do you think, who do you think Shay would want off of the force? Who do you think, if he had a, a choice, who he would want gone? Probably Latucci and Bowman. Oh, both of them. We only yeah. have to kick one person out. You want to kick two people out? I think he would want both out. Well, Lieutenant's nephew needs to come on, too, so... It's a great point. We we might need to kick second person out, but I wonder if there there's two new guys. If we got Shay and Lieutenant's nephew, there's got to be a rivalry there between the newbies, right? He would know. think. He would think, and i got to say, from what I, we've seen of his character, I think he and Shay have quite a bit in common, so remains uh, to be seen. In what way? I don't they're both uh, good at taking orders. They want to do a good job to a T. Okay. We haven't seen a ton of his character, but he also seems like he's pretty exacting in some of the ways that Shay is. Here's the deal. Shay has never gotten in a bar fight in his entire life, and he just got hit once. 
the, lieut- the lieutenant's nephew just kicked the living crap out of somebody with a pipe in his feet and just kept going. Uh, so I don't know if they have as much in common as, as we might think. You know what? You make a strong case there. I think he might be able to beat you up in a one-on-one. I think that's definitely true, yeah. So I think we we, we gotta we gotta use our wits. It's gotta be a battle of the wits if we're going head to head. I like I like what you're thinking. You keep that in mind if you ever gotta fight him. You gotta outsmart him. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're not exactly positive uh, what's going on at work. We think that the lieutenant's nephew is gonna come on, but what happens if he doesn't? What does that mean for the lieutenant? Do we think that he's gonna turn against them and, and want to jump ship, or how do we feel about that? I mean, you know, they, they got into it a little bit tonight. What well, the whole kind of race relations, right? Because I know a lot of our fans, at least, and I'm sure just public morals fans in general, you know, have been wondering, like, okay, when are they going to touch upon this? That he's the only uh, sort of black character, um, and, and it's Ruben Santiago. He's just fantastic, and so I like how they they brought that in. They had that conversation of you know you got to kind of make your way and and everything else. Um, and I don't know. I, th- I think that there might be a moment where the lieutenant takes things into his own hands if it doesn't go his way. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that happening. Um, I, like you just mentioned, I, I like that we went there with the lieutenant's character, but I also like that they were going there with the female characters, um, starting with Fortune, who this is how we get the end of our freaking season one, is by Charlie calling Fortune a whore and, and walking out. My mind was completely blown. I never expected this. Anna, how did you feel about this situation? Yeah. Well, did he call her a whore or she said, I'm a whore? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, that, that is what happened. Yeah. She referred to herself as a whore and he concurred. He got so creepy. He got so weird and creepy. When he followed her upstairs? Yes. Then. That's the time. Um, in, in the elevator and just the whole thing was bizarre. It, my notes say, poor Charlie, sad face, and then, wait, no, creepy Charlie. Uh, so I, I don't know exactly what, what it is he's struggling against. Uh, does he have feelings for her too? I don't do you know. Think? Um, but I did not expect her to be the one to catch feelings at all. But who knows if she actually does or if she's kind of faking it because she needs a pimp. Well, why did she get so upset and, like, throw all of this stuff off the mantle if she wasn't actually upset? Hothead? I don't know. Brian, how are you feeling about the situation? What do you think about the Fortune Charlie storyline? A lot of valid points being raised. Um, I agree. It was a little kind of creepy when he followed them up the stairwell or the the elevator. But um, I think her feelings are genuine, and I think his feelings are genuine. And it's just a matter of time until... They come together, in my opinion. I, you know, who knows what happens, but. Let me ask you guys is it that creepy if you legitimately think of him as her pimp? If you don't think about him having feelings for her, if you just think about him as her pimp, isn't that what a good pimp would do? I mean, I never went to like took pimp 101, <laughs> but I would assume that pimps are supposed to see where their women are going and make sure that they're safe. Yeah, but a pimp, a good pimp, like lets the John know also. What's hey, the John? The John's the, the guy. Date. That, oh, okay. Yeah. Let's let's the date know also, hey, I'm here. Don't mess around. You go in there with her, I'll be out here. Oh, he doesn't pretend not to be a pimp. Right. Oh. So he he needed to go to the door and be like, listen. When or in the elevator. Oh, don't you think she's pretty? Yeah, I do, because that's my lady and I'm her pimp. Right. But we missed that moment. More or less. Yeah. No, instead he was just like weird and awkward and 
and I'm just gonna like be here drunk and like breathing heavily. I, weird. I thought the way creepier moment is the moment that we see with Fortune and the guy uh, that shorted her fifty bucks. What a douche! Yeah. Yeah, he was he was very rude. He that's not how you treat your, your <laughs> the lady that you buy. Again, didn't didn't go to treating ladies 101 class, but well, you well, know, she thing, I mean, didn't go to hooker 101 class because you always get paid first. Oh. Hmm. These are all valid points. Brian's nodding yes. Like, yeah, you, you got to pay him first. You guys have a lot of interesting classes that you attend. <laughs> yeah, college would be a cool place if I made all the courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I, I was really surprised by the ending of that. And the other couple that I was really, really shocked with was Deirdre and Sean. Sean, who's dodging her calls and finally picks up and is like, I'm not talking to you. And she's like, dude, this is really important. When a woman calls you and says it's really important and somebody you've known that long, I understand your feelings are hurt, but you got to take that call. You got to hear what she has to say. No. Oh, I want to. I want to hear from Brian as the other male because I. I I'll, I'll kind of summarize what I said yesterday, but I want to hear from you first. Oh, about I mean, as a man. As a man, it's you good to have a man on the panel. <laughs> you know, when a guy gets his feelings hurt, especially by a girl, I think sometimes they act that much more irrational. And defensive, and rather than get emotionally involved, you just shut it down right from the start. So I agree, it looks bad, but part of me understands the impulse that he has. Here's the like, like, and I to to kind of echo that whole point. He's dealing with a lot, right? He's dealing with the the loss of his dad. He's dealing with sort of being put in harm in harm's way, now being made fun of it on the on the force. For not acting a lot faster, and he's dealing with uh, with, with this romance. So there, there's a lot going on with him, and you know he's in many ways kind of just trying to take control of his life. And you know this is one of the things that he can actually perhaps control is just not dealing with her. I see what you're saying, but I don't think it's legitimate. I don't think it's legitimate for him to say, "I am dealing with loss, so screw you." I, I well, never he was think. looking to her for comfort, and she denied him, literally. They weren't dating, and she was with another guy. Did she do anything wrong? Was she honest with him the whole time? Did she let him know? He came, stalked her pretty much, and then kicked the crap out of the guy she's with car. Broke all the glass. And, and somehow she's the bitch in the situation. I didn't call her the bitch. I just said he has a right. No, no, no. I know, I know you didn't. I know you didn't. But that's the way that Sean is feeling. And the rest of the office... I understand a man has his pride, but I feel like she did. She didn't do anything wrong in the situation. Anna, how are you feeling? I don't know. I think it's complicated, and I think that I think in any they do go a ways back. And I think that even if we take the romance out of it, let's let's remove that. Let's just put a pin in it for a second. He is in this extremely emotional, vulnerable state to begin with. And I think if you go to somebody over and over and you say, "Here's my heart." Here I am, I'm vulnerable, have it, and over and over you're told, but I don't want it. Keep it to yourself. And you get pushed away. And then you get this really traumatic event where you see her in her robe with another man and you see that it's over. And I don't know, I get it. Like, I get the response. Do we believe that she didn't sleep with the other man and that this is absolutely Sean's kid? She said to the Yeah, she said to Babs. Yeah. She, she said it. Do we believe it? I do. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, the the thing that I really loved about this whole the whole situation here, um, because you know I've been very invested in Sean Deidre's relationship, but it was uh, the brother sister relationship here with Duffy and and how he really stepped up to the plate. Yes, he had to step aside and grab his beer, but I love that he sat there and and listened to his sister and was trying to be emotionally supportive. We haven't seen that side of Duffy yet. So I, I thought that was a really interesting way to show it. You and Christina thought he was going to get a beer and tell her to get an abortion. It's hard. I would imagine being a brother is is hard when you have your your little sister and she's gotten knocked up and it's by your friend and you don't know what to say. I think a lot of guys would freak out, but he didn't. He kept cool and he was her rock for a second. And I was shocked because all we've seen from Duffy is that he's this hothead. And it was a, I thought it was a really touching moment. Why am I getting the crazy face You're from not. I It's just my face. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. What do you think about that, Brian? How do you feel about Duffy and, and how he supported her in the situation? I agree. I thought it was nice. I thought it was another side of him that we haven't seen. And, you know, I think it might have been the first time where he actually wasn't trying to manipulate somebody or work somebody over or play an angle. He was just trying to be a, a decent guy and... That's, that hasn't really been his uh, his style thus far. Could you picture that decent guy potentially getting with Babs, who at first it was just kind of a revenge hookup, but now if he if he is a good guy, if he has that side, maybe it could be more. I think he's got a lot of room to grow, but uh, yeah, maybe one day. Oh, room for growth. Could he learn something, a thing or two from your character? You know, I think they might have more in common than I'd like to admit, but certainly <laughs> learn things about tact. I think he he lacks uh, tact. Yes, he hasn't gone to college. No, no, <laughs> certainly not. Phil, what, what do you got? No, well, I was I was just going to say if he wants to end up end up with her, he can't just have a side. It's got to be the whole. Oh, I like that point. You Thank can't you. just have one decent side. It's got to be. He's just got to be a decent dude. That's it. I could see it. All right, so I, you guys convinced me a little more that Sean isn't completely in the wrong, and I have hope for their relationship. Uh, do you have any thoughts on what she, what they're going to do? Is, is Sean going to step up and um, want to be the father? Or is- uh, yeah, that's it's his dream. He's in love with her, and he wants nothing more than to have a family with her. But he, okay, let me ask this scenario though, right? Uh, is, is he all of a sudden so he's being reluctant right now? But then let's say. You know, he finds out. Is he now all going to reverse and just go so strong at her that she's going to go back to being like, you know what? Maybe I, I, you know what? No, no, you, I don't need you right now any, anymore. I don't know. Kind of, I, I would have to assume it messes with a woman when she's got the guy's child inside her. Like, not messes in a bad way, but it's got to make her feel something, right? I, I don't know personally, but I, I would, I would think. Yeah, that, I, I agreed. It's my assumption. I, I feel like we've seen stories like that happen time and time again. Where I um, used to do Teen Mom. What you used to do the Teen Mom after show? No, no, I didn't. No. Oh, we, we, oh, never mind. Okay, That's a story for another so, day. So <laughs> she's not the only one. Deirdre's not the only one on this show that is struggling as a, a female with an issue with a, the man that she's in a relationship. I'm talking about Christine, of course, um, and she's got to get out of this place been in this apartment she's putting up with a lot of crap and she is sitting there thinking all right i gotta get out i gotta get out finally the opportunity presents herself itself uh, and she says terry listen i don't care what you do i'm taking the kids and we're going do we fault her for that do we fault her for this ultimatum or do we think mom's got to do what a mom's got to do i don't I, mean, I don't believe her really that she would actually leave and 
if Terry didn't go with her, that she would, I don't know, what, just be like a single mom in the suburbs by herself? With What would she do? But at the same time, I, you know, I, I feel like she knows that Terry's not going to, like, let her do this alone. Like what they, what changed? What, the thing that I'm curious about is in like Terry or her in, in Christine. She's been living there for so long. Her boys and her two boys and the one girl and they share the room and it's this shoebox and there's crime and it's it's not like I don't feel like there's been more violence. There's always been violence. So I'm just curious what is is the change that's going on in her that's made it be like today is the day I got to get out of here. I can't do this anymore. What snapped? Well, she almost lost it, her husband. Go ahead. I think Rusty's getting too close. You know, he's he's dating um, Kay. He's killing people left and right in the streets. He's becoming, he's too active in her mind. And he's the ultimate threat. So that's kind of convinced her, get out. But does, does she think, does Christine think that Queens is on the different side of the world? Like, if, if Rusty wants them, I feel like he could get them wherever they are. That's true, too. I, I just I'm wondering what the impetus for this move at this moment is. I feel like we're missing that, and I felt like when we interviewed Liz, she was saying that there was a big switch, and it might be Rusty, but there might be something else going on right now that we don't even know about. Well, the episode where Liz was in, I thought she was pregnant because she kept going in the bathroom and it wasn't explained. Right, but then I feel like it would be if if Deidre's pregnant and she's pregnant. I don't know if they would do that at the same time. Yeah, not that women don't get pregnant at the same time, right? But, but for a storyline on a show, I know what you're saying. But yeah, I, but I feel like something happened, or maybe maybe it is, you know, that she's worried about her husband and that he almost got killed. But she's going through his gym bag and all these different things. Maybe she learned something new. Any? No, you don't maybe. think so. I just, I just think. I mean, I mean, I, I think it's a big enough catalyst when your husband tells you he almost died and instead he ended up killing somebody i guess and you're not which is why i mean she she runs after him and says like where are you going yeah she's worried about him for sure and i think that he it finally really clicks with him because for her birthday not only does he take her out to um, a show and an amazing meal but he says all right we're doing this we're getting this house in queens what is that going to mean for their relationship because now i don't feel like he's going to be able to hide the money as much He's not going to take the money from his parents. He's buying this house. He's going to have to pay for the house and and all the things that come along with that and transportation and all all the stuff. I don't think he can hide from her anymore. He's making money in illegal ways. Do we think she's going to find out because of this? No, I think he'll have invested. He'll have done some stock. He'll find an answer. Oh, you think he's going to outsmart her again? I think so. He's done it. This I think long. she might. She might let more slide now that she got what she wanted. Oh, she turns a blind eye because she she's happy. Yeah, she was. She turned into like a little an investigator, and and now that she's got her house, maybe she doesn't want to investigate anymore. That's a good point. Right. Hmm. I, w- I wonder what she'll do, but I I do think that it will. It was a really nice moment when we saw all the kids and they were playing there, and Terry kind of just looked over, and I feel like he just wanted that for his children. He wanted more than he yeah. had growing yeah. up. Great shot. Yeah, it was a really, really great shot. Uh, something that we saw very briefly, and that, oh my God, I cannot wait for season two to explore this situation more. But Richie Kane, guys, he goes over to Sarah's place, which was a weird move in general. And she's like, will you just tell me what happened? And that's pretty much all we see. 
That's what we get. For episode 9 and 10, that's what we get from Richie. We're coming off of Richie, like, in shootings and stabbings and all of this stuff. And now, it's like radio silence. What the heck? Well, don't forget that he was into that prostitute that looks like Sarah. So... Mm. something could happen there. Although, um, she's going to hate him. She hates him. She already hates him. Well, Ed mm. straight up said season two, Richie-Sarah relationship happening. Well, happening. So, I, I don't even, I don't know in what capacity, but that that's kind of crappy of Sarah. Well, what's she supposed to do? He's dead. What, you know? Yeah, but Richie was the best friend who was like kind of scummy and staring at them having sex through the barn. Listen, I, I mean, he's not... He wouldn't be my choice, but... Richie? Yeah. You don't like his face? <laughs> I don't like his face. Phil, how are you feeling about the Richie situation? Uh, in, in general, I mean, uh, it, it's interesting to see where it's going to go, especially now, um, you know, kind of where we leave off with Rusty. Um, th- does he back down or does he kind of still, you know, kind of right now regroup and, you know, as they say, circle the wagons? Not that he has many wagons to circle. Um, it, it'll be interesting. I don't. I, I this one's this one remains a mystery to me. Any thoughts, Brian, on the Richie storyline and where the heck we're going with this and how he, how he's going to tie back into all of you guys? Oh, I'm sure he's coming back in yeah one way or another. And I think in terms of his relationship with Sarah, I mean, he's a charming guy. He, he overcame that other. Who was the um, the girl earlier on? His cousin. He, t- he took his own cousin's girl and like the drop Teresa? of a hat. So. Teresa. Yeah, and that worked out really well for her, you know, when she was drowned in a tub. That's true. That's. But hey, he he made it out okay. Sarah's so, totally screwed, I think. Yeah. That's probably true, yeah. Unless she wears a red dress, because, you know, Rusty has an affinity for that, so he won't touch her then. Yeah, that is, that's weird. That's that's a real, like, psychopath thing to do. You're lucky you're wearing red. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that girl's got to be coming back, too. The one that ran. Yeah. Uh, we didn't see her. We've got a lot of, for lack of better words, missing prostitutes right now. <laughs> That's true. The, the, there's a lot of loose ends in the prostitute world. Yeah. They're going to just pop up. Like, season two, season three, they're going to come back and be like, I witnessed this. Ooh, and and Charlie's going to pimp them all out. Charlie's going to get fired from the force. He's going to be the one who's asked to leave. And he's going to become a full-time pimp, which, by the way, I predicted episode two. (laughs) I said that Charlie is going to quit or be fired and be a pimp. And I, no joke, couldn't see it happening. Yeah. Now now that you mention all the missing prostitutes, you're right. Well, on a a more serious note with Charlie, because we... Serious. (laughs) We didn't quite talk about this, because him and the daughter are sort of arguing, and that's kind of where we leave it off with them, and, and it, most of it... What, Charlie the, and his daughter about the wedding? Yeah, most of it deals with, you know, goes back to finances. It does, but uh, he's making more money than he can let on to her or to the mom, uh, so I, I think he he might be doing okay, but he probably would like a little more of a cushion. How do you get more money? You sell women for sex, I guess. No, that's not an endorsement. That just seems to be what they decide to do on this show. So I, I could see it. I mean... I, he already, Shay already wants him gone off the force anyway, so maybe you'll help him start selling prostitutes. You'll find them as some prostitutes. You'll give them to him. Then he gets kicked out. It's a win-win. We're getting You're this, Ed? Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, those prostitutes liked him that night he went out with Sean. They liked him. He just wasn't they having did. any of it. They did. And, right. and I, in the second episode, I have sex with a prostitute. Right, okay. yeah. So. Right. Okay. Oh, I'm so happy you just brought that up. <laughs> 
We, I gotta go back for a second. I know it's unrelated to these episodes, but you were like Mr. Anti-Prostitute, like up on your high horse because you went to college, and then <laughs> you're totally banging on a prostitute that you see get paid and you know there's a prostitute. What? What's that, dude? What's that? You start drinking, the rules change. Oh. No, but, you know, I think uh, he's a man who really wants to live by one code and... In his deepest self, actually, that's not really who he is. So let me ask you, when, when, when Terry has that conversation with you about, yes, there's uh, there's law, but then there's rules. That's one of my favorite quotes of the whole season. Mm-hmm. That's um, great. You know, what, are you, what is your character in that moment thinking, and do you kind of feel like, okay, if I even start down this path, I am going down a road of hell? I mean, I, I think Shay's is just getting to know the system, right? That these cops don't follow the letter of the law, but they keep peace and they have their own methods for doing it. And that's what the, the rules of the street are. And that, yeah, honestly, I think whether or not he's going to go to hell or be a good Catholic boy is less important to him than doing well in the office and being a good cop in this system. I think that that is a really good point. Um, and I think that it's true about his character. Somebody else that I thought it was true about was Patton, who it, it, he didn't care really what was going on with him, but that he he cared how he did in business. But we kind of see the opposite proved in these two episodes. He's willing to give it all up. He just wants to move to California. He wants to be safe. He wants to be with his granddaughter. And he wants nothing to do with Rusty and Red anymore. I didn't, uh, again, another thing I didn't see coming from a million miles away, how did you guys feel when he says basically F off to Terry and decides that he's going to also say F off to Rusty and Red and just jump ship? I think it was fine that he said F off to Terry because he already knew he was jumping ship. So what does he have to tell Terry anything? He's already moving to California. He's cutting ties with everybody. He's getting rid of the business. He He has no ties to the city anymore. So he doesn't owe Terry anything at this point. It's not going to, nothing's going to come of it. Um, because he's giving away all of his power, right? So the conversation that he had with Rusty where he disowns him entirely was, I feel, one of the most painful conversations I've watched on a television show ever. I agree. It was heartbreaking. It really was. And and the learning that it's, and we've had hints the whole time, but that it might not even be his father, um, and whether he cares or not if it was his father or who the heck his father is, I, 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 we can't stick up for Rusty because what he's done is not excusable. But we're starting to learn a little bit more about where he came from. But it's, it's interesting to finally, for the briefest of moments, get an actual emotion out of Rusty. Right? I mean, just, like not just anger. Not pure rage, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what, what he does at the bar with the guy, is, as odd as it was, you understood where it's kind of coming from, and there was that glimmer of like, oh, I do feel bad for you, but you just made terrible, terrible re- choices and reacted in the worst of ways. Let me ask you, did Rusty kill Patton and and um, and Monk? Was that explosive set by Rusty? Did he kill his own father? No. Phil? I... I want to say yes, but then you brought up the point of when he reacts to seeing it in the paper. When and, he's with Kay. Yeah, that it's not genuine. But it could be one of those things where perhaps he's putting on a face, but then the way, again, he the things that he has to do indicate no. So it's, I'm torn. Um, but more evidence at the moment points to 
know that he did not. Anna, the reason why it wasn't him is because he is such a hands-on murderer um, who he's he's always yeah he strangles most people. You right? had a bunch of for the iTunes uh, listeners. Anna just got a bunch of yes nods across the table <laughs> and on Skype. Like good point. He didn't drown or strangle him. This was a car explosion. Right. So I, I just think that's not his mo at all, and especially for his father who. I mean, the fact that he's he has such passion killings for people he he has no relationship to. His father, he has all this pent-up rage, emotion, grief, sadness, longing. Uh, there's just no way that he plants a car bomb. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Brian, what do you think? Could it have been Rusty or no? You know, I thought for sure it was until, again, that reaction with the newspaper made me think, no, if it wasn't Rusty, I have no idea who it would be. So I guess... That's TBD the question. That's yeah. the freaking question now. If it's not Rusty, which we're all in agreement that we don't think it is, who the heck was it? Was it Terry? Was it somebody on the force? Was it... I, I don't even know. Somehow Richie? What, I, I don't know. Was it Monk? Why would Monk kill himself? I don't know. But he... We didn't know anything about Monk, and suddenly there's all this backstory, and he doesn't start the car right away, which could have just been for storytelling, but you know, usually he drives the car. Why wouldn't he just start the car, even though Patton's talking? Interesting. And he he said something, uh, as sure as I have a soul and a thought, I mean, maybe he thinks that Patton should be out. I mean, maybe he feels like, and he'll sacrifice himself. Phil, any thoughts on who it might be? I mean... Oh, wait, hold on. I gotta put you on pause, because Brian's doing the hand like a... Are you raising your hand? Do you want to get called on? I have a theory. Oh, got it. You know, because uh, Richie wanted to kill Patton for, like, it's been like three episodes, he wanted to kill him. Could have been him. Yeah. Yeah. It could have. I mean, he. I don't think he's already sleeping with Sarah, so he's got some some time on his hands. He could have come back and he could have done it. Yeah. All right, Phil, what do you got? Uh, th- that's actually a very good theory. Um, I-, I can get behind that. You're going to steal his theory? No. Nah, well, my, my original thought was someone from the, the meeting, you know, because it's an opportunity. Yes, he's on the way out, but at the same time, to you know, if if there's someone that sees a value within Rusty, so by taking Patton out and kind of, uh, you, you know, sh- rocking the boat that way, it proves your loyalty to Rusty, and what, and again, for whatever reason, I, I'm not sure. Any chance that it could have been Snowflake who was trying to pro- prove his loyalty to Rusty and killed Patton because he already kind of had screwed Rusty, and then he screwed Patton, and then he picked a side, Rusty caught him or something, so Snowflake blew up Patton? Yeah, that would be interesting. No? We also, we're missing Moose and Bernadette, and uh, we're missing a bunch of people right now, so... I don't think it was them. No, because, I mean, right now I think they would have no reason to do it, but I don't even know. Bernadette's trying to become a player in this. Maybe she's trying to prove something to somebody. All, I don't know. There's a lot of different people. I feel like much of season two, as opposed to season one, which we found out the murderer of Mr. O very quickly, I think season two will be spent, uh, we'll spend a lot of time figuring out who it was that killed Patton, which I'm excited about. Um, and and then the other situation going on with Rusty is that he's got Kay supposedly wrapped around his little finger right now. She's all into him, even though I kind of think she knows that he killed her husband, which is a little crappy. Uh, what do you guys? What do you guys think? Is she running with him? Is she going to go with him, or what are you thinking about the relationship? Yeah, I think she is going to go with him. Um, I think that she 
has been an abused woman for a long time. I think she's used to being controlled. I think she's used to doing what she's told. Uh, and I think she's not thinking clearly. I mean, it's still her husband who died, so she's still in grief. And, and yeah, I think she's going. I think in a simple way, absolutely. I think I think she's going. Um, number one, I, I think part of it is she's torn up emotionally. But this, the second half, of it, at this point, if she know, has any inkling of truth, it's like, okay, well, I better go with him because if this is the way he feels about me, and imagine if I don't go with him. Yeah, the better point. <laughs> it just popped into my head that with all of this going on, with Rusty trying to leave with Kay. The thing about Patton, what he was saying to his granddaughter when he said, you go west, I'm going to meet you, I have to close out all this business. You mentioned that it might be Monk that murdered them. Maybe it was Patton. Maybe Patton Patton did it himself. Yeah. Patton was ready to go and was like, I just can't do this anymore. I'm not going to kill my son in red. I'm not going to... You know, my my granddaughter's safe. I, I gave up the business. Hmm. That would be – so they're the just throwing out more out. theories. Yeah, and you know what? I like that theory because he's been just filled with regret and sorrow lately. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I like I like watching when Brian gives us the nod, guys. It's a good moment. What do you think yeah. about that theory? I don't know if I'm on board with that, but – You guys have some interesting theories, and some of them I'm going, oh, yeah, that's I like that. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we try to do for Ed, too, so, you know – I told yeah. you, if, if there's anything you want to see your character do, we're going into predictions now, so now will be your time. You got to sneak that in there. I'm going to sneak okay. one thing I'm in. I'm going to think of something good by the end of our interview. Okay. Okay. Do. What do you got, Phil? Well, as you guys know, we're supported by uh, great people here uh, to, to do these after shows. We try to we keep them free for you guys, and one of the ways we can do that is if you support our sponsors. So one of our sponsors for this show is DraftKings. Don't know what DraftKings is. I, I think you're living under a rock, but let me tell you what it is anyway. Fantasy football. Uh, for the, if you've ever played fantasy football, uh, I'm sure you you're used to the old-fashioned way where you pick your team and then you're stuck with that team for the rest of the season. And for the most part, as the season goes by, you're just kicking yourself uh, for having picked that team because it's not going well for you. I've been in that boat. It's not a fun boat to be in. Uh, Tina Camp's been in that boat. You guys have been in that boat. So yes, DraftKings solves that problem. It's uh, no no season long commitments. It's week by week. You pick a new team every time, and every week you get a shot at win winning a million dollars. So go to DraftKings.com. But here's the important part: make sure when you go, you type in the promo code Buzz B U Z Z in case you can't spell that. Awesome. Thank you, Phil, for letting us know. Let's get to some predictions on this show. Um, okay. I gave you, I gave you a minute there, Brian. What do you got? Anything you want to see from your character? Anybody else's? Yeah. You know what? Okay. I think for my character, we see a lot of shade when he's kind of composed and trying to be, uh, a proper student, et cetera, et cetera. I think I want to see what he's like when he's not around cops and he's unwinding. What's he like when he, uh, when he cuts loose? Without outside of the squad, yeah. I actually agree with that because there, there it is. You hit it on, on the on the head for me. You're too composed. You don't react in a natural way when you're around these cops. It's like you know. You, and I want to I want to see that. Maybe that'll make me like your character. You want to know the real Jimmy Shea? That's Let's right. Stand mm-hmm. up. Yeah, I got mm-hmm. it. Anna, what do you got? Maybe for it's that you love his face so much it scares you. Ooh. 
Oh, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I, I could see that happening. All right, predictions across the table. Okay, so one of the things that really disturbed me about this episode was Terry finally agrees to get the house, right? And then the next morning, they're all reading the newspaper, and and as he's leaving, he's telling Christine, he's like, it's going to be fine. Everything's fine. And anytime that happens, the worst happens, right? Oh, yeah. So, so... I mean, Terry can't die, right? Unless Ed just really wanted to take a step back and only be writing and directing. I don't know. But uh, I just feel like something so bad is going to happen to James or it's something. It's the I don't kids. Know. The kid, something's happening to one of the kids. We're killing off a kid. I know it. I know yeah, it. I know. I know. It's just something awful is happening to that family. And I so, agree. Yeah. I agree. Phil, what do you got predictions-wise? I mean, you know, one of the things that, like, with this episode that I'm so uh, – I, I just wanted to see a final thing between Terry and Rusty, and the fact that we didn't, and knowing that it does happen in, ep- in this godforsaken episode 11. I know. Man. Well, uh, my prediction is that we get a season two. I think it's a very safe prediction, but it's the best prediction there ever was. Uh, and if we do get a season two, Brian will definitely have you be calling back and talking to us again. Thank you so much for joining us. In the oh meantime, God. can you tell the people where they can find you to keep in touch with everything you're doing? You can find me on Instagram at Brian and Wiles. There's Brian and Wiles. And on Twitter, same thing. Um, Facebook, Brian Wiles. And I'll be in... Season three of Turn coming up uh, next spring summer. So watch out for that. You got to come back because we do that show too. All right. Very very cool. If you guys were wondering, that N is not him misspelling Brian. It's for his middle name. Just thought I'd clear the air on that one. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next season. My panel, guys, where can everybody keep in touch with you? We have a whole year. I know. You follow me at Koppel from Air, K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. And you can find the uh, this panel. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. I know uh, these guys love magic cards stuff. We'll, we'll do something along with, uh, with car. Why no, do you I'm keep saying that you love magic, Phil? I you love, love magic. magic. We love public think, morals. No, no, no. I, yes. But the, the the running joke is how we all started this panel was we all were picking a show and I threw out some things that weren't quite popular and then eventually as I wore them out I was like, fine. You know what? Let's do public morals. They're like, oh, another stupid idea from Phil and then they fell no, in love. We, we didn't say that at all. We that's said, not true. We, that was the one good idea you had. We, we were said, like, why didn't yeah, you throw great. this out first? Why, yeah, why are you trying to make us talk about magic? We would never say that. We didn't even know exactly what was going on in the show. Phil, I don't know if you're joining us for season two. We're going to see. We're going to have to take a vote. I think Ed personally requested me on on, la- on the last episode. All right, guys. It was a where can we find you and then I don't even know on what tangent. the season two public morals after show. That's where you can find me. Boom. And you can find on a couple at K O P P E L F O R M A Y O R. I had to remind them because he just oh, okay. went off on all, his whole tangent. And, and you can find Christina Kaplan at, at Tina Cap. Cap. And, and you can find me at Roxy Stryer. You can find our amazing guest at Brian N. Wiles. And you can find us at AfterBuzz TV, AfterBuzzTV.com, YouTube.com slash TV on iTunes, on SoundCloud, wherever you are. Leave us a comment. Give us a five-star thumbs up. We want to hear everything you guys have to say. We're going to really miss you until season two. Fingers crossed. Bye, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later.
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.